Yeah, I don't I don't like it. I don't want to get on the ship. I just think, you know, <laughs> it's not it's not like the old ships. They didn't they didn't honor the heritage of the ship. No, um, Chris, Chris is fired. <laughs> spoken like a true Disneyland fan. CL Duo fans, just before we dive into tonight's episode, I wanted to let you know that this episode is a rebroadcast of a live show that we did this morning on April 29th at 8 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific with the DCL podcast to discuss all of the great announcements that came out of Disney this morning about the Disney Wish. We are so excited to talk about those announcements and share them with you. And so before you dive into the episode this evening, I'd highly recommend heading over to the Disney Parks blog and finding the Disney Wish announcements, or you can head over to Disney Cruise Line to the Wish page, and I think they've got the announcements posted there as well, along with a rebroadcast of the video that they put out this morning. So would definitely recommend watching that video and then taking a listen to this episode, but this is a longer episode. It is a rebroadcast of a live episode, and because of that, there will be some audio glitches and other things in it that we might otherwise try to edit out or smooth out, but we're not doing that today because we wanted to get this episode out so you could all hear about the fabulous announcements about The Wish and all of our great commentary about it. So with that, let's dive into the show. Well, good morning, everybody, uh, DCL podcast fans and uh, Brian, go ahead and uh, introduce you guys, your, your fans as well. Yeah, welcome DCL Duo fans. We are excited to be here and excited to get to talk about Disney Wish announcements with all of our friends from the DCL podcast. Definitely. And uh, welcome, Sam, Christy, and Chris. How are you guys doing this morning? Great. Super excited. It's like Christmas morning. I've been saying it all week. It's like Christmas morning today. <laughs> yeah, Brian, you had a Christmaca or something like that? Christmaca. We are, we are a mixed faith. We are a mixed faith household. So Christmaca. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I do apologize. We had a little technical difficulties. It's uh, going to your YouTube channel now, Brian. We had a little technical awesome. difficulties. So that's why if you saw like a, a, a fake, what am I trying to find the words for it? Uh, a head fake. A false for the start. First, a false start. There we go, Chris. <laughs> uh, sports, sports ball uh, connotations there, but a false start of the first broadcast. But super excited today to talk about the Disney wish and all mm. that was revealed. So um we'll, I thought we'd probably just kind of go down the way they talked about it for in the... Uh, presentation that they just gave. But uh, before we start, I thought it'd be kind of cool to get everybody's take is, is to kind of your initial thoughts on what you saw today and in your thoughts. And maybe we'll just start with you, Brian. Yeah. My thought is it landed right about where I, I wanted it to, which was, it feels like they have really reworked the ship from bow to stern uh, and really rethought the experiences. I am sure that this is going to land a little bit unpopular with some of the Disney fans out there who wanted to see some traditional experiences that we have on some of the other ships. I personally was excited to see the amount of differentiation they're putting into this ship to make it kind of a brand new experience. So I thought it was great. I think it's going to be a great experience and there's still more to come. Like there's still stuff that they're sort of <laughs> teasing is like, we can't tell you yet. So um, I was kind of waiting for the, and they, they kind of did the Steve Jobs, like just one more thing. So um, anyway, I, I thought that was a great announce and I'm really excited about it. All right. How about yeah. you, Christy? <laughs> Oh, you know me, I love a new ship and I love a new Disney experience. So I get a new Disney ship and I love cruising. So actually all of those things make me very excited. 
She is absolutely stunning. I love the color choices everywhere. Um, I'm very excited. You know, you will get into this with the dining. I'm not so much of a Marvel person, so I could probably do without a whole entire restaurant geared towards that. But I understand there's a world of people out there that are interested in that kind of thing. Sort of like how Chris's maybe opinion of sports. There's a whole bunch of people that might be interested, but who necessarily wants to eat at that restaurant every single cruise. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sorry, Sam, I cut you off. What were your thoughts? Oh, no, I I just I loved everything. I I thought, you know, from the dining, the kids club, the slide into the kids club. I mean, that sounds amazing. The new water coaster type experience. There's just a ton to be excited about. And I, like Brian, am happy to see uh, some new things and, you know, not sort of repeating animators palette or Royal court and, you know, in the dining experiences and also some new adult dining experiences. So excited about all of it. Definitely. How about you, Chris? Maybe we lost him. We lost him. (laughs) We lost Chris. Well, hopefully he is so stunned by today's announcement. (laughs) Literally frozen like a deer in headlights over what to say. Yeah, He's really excited about eating in Arendelle. He's so frozen. frozen. He might be. (laughs) Maybe this is his play. Maybe this is what he's doing on purpose. (laughs) Uh, We got one comment that Chris needs the the AOL dial-up needs a reboot. (laughs) And he's in the the most tech state down there in California, right? Where uh, Silicon Valley and everything is. I know he's a little bit further south, but I thought it was amazing too. I I like the different stories that they've got, not only for Mm -hmm. kids, but for adults. And uh, we'll try and get Chris back as as soon as we can um, and add him. But uh, I like the different storylines that they've added. I can't wait to see to your point, Brian, that there's a lot more coming. I was, I can't wait to see a little bit more about the adult spaces. We get a tease on, on one of the lounges, which is going to be pretty fun. Cause she's shaking her head, but I think it's going to be. A no, I mean, I think it'll be fine. <laughs> and all I know is when we, we were all watching the, um, Steve and Chris and I were watching sort of together in our own homes. And I knew you guys would love that. And I love it for you. So. <laughs> I'm excited about it too. To well, honest. any any overall things before we jump into it? I got a couple of things that they touched on in the video before we talk about you, the ship itself. But go ahead, Chris, Brian. You, you know, might, hold what, on one second. One second. We might want to just make sure we're referencing because some people might be watching us live while they're at work, and maybe they didn't catch all of the video. So I guess we have to decide that do we want to talk as if you haven't seen the video or that everybody has seen the video. I see. I, yeah, I say spoiler filled, but provide context, I suppose. Uh, it's a good point that you, people may not have had a chance to watch the video. So we'll, we'll set up our comments with a little context. How's that work? Yeah, that'd probably be good. Perfect. Um, so, go ahead, Brian. One other, yeah, one other framing comment I wanted to make was on this notion of that they're still holding stuff back. I, I'm, I don't know how you get people to pay the kind of prices that they're eventually going to expect to book this ship at the end of next month while still holding back what's on the ship. I just want to put that out there. But everybody does that. I mean, it is a thing that literally every cruise line, like Celebrity, Mm -hmm. we had very few, and the edge was revolutionary. We knew she was going to be revolutionary, but we had very few pieces of information before we booked it. Right. So, and it they will was the sell same. out. Don't get me wrong. They will sell oh, yeah. out. <laughs> it was the same concept, though. You got the prices when you called in or logged in to see yeah. if you could book. So, you had no idea what you were getting into, no real layout. At least we have 
at least more of a ship layout now. Right. Yeah. And they and they may give us more information over the course of the next month. I wouldn't be surprised if there's at least one more teaser before the before the the bookings go on sale. So yeah. we're gonna see probably more. I'm sure not everything, but hopefully some some more little tidbits here and there. Definitely. I think they'll, they'll be working them in as much as they can just to keep us all excited and keep us thinking about it. Uh, okay. So just a couple things to talk about before we jump into it. Uh, if you haven't seen the video, you can go to Disney Parks blog and get and uh, find a link there. Also, the Disney Cruise Line website has updated their wish site. So there's a lot of information there. They've got information on booking, which we'll talk about at the end. Uh, no pricing yet. And well, no- there won't be. Yeah, yeah. No, spe- no specific dates yet. Chris, you're back. There's Chris. I'm back. And I think everything's better. Okay. <laughs> uh, initial thoughts and then. Oh, mine. Uh, yeah. I don't know what you heard. I'm sorry. Uh, what I was saying was I wanted a back to front redo of the whole ship. In fact, when they announced the uh, just the exterior of the ship at D23 a couple years back, I was sort of like, meh, meh, because I wanted it to just be so different. Um but they did not disappoint. I feel like I was expecting it to be like 30% different and they're going more for like 60 or 70% different. And that feels exciting to me. Uh, I know one, one of my biggest critique of Disney fans is that they have this nostalgia thing where when Disney changes anything, people panic and they're like, <laughs> how dare you take away my favorite fireworks show or how dare you update pirates or change Snow White or do this thing. And it's like, y'all. We should be excited when they're updating things and changing things, not because they're taking away our favorite things, but because that's what Walt Disney would have done anyway. Like they're constantly reinventing and reimagining things to to match the times. And they did it while Walt was alive. They're doing it today. And that's just how I personally felt. So seeing this, I'm like, this is great. Let's keep changing stuff. And your favorite things are still there. You can still book a cruise on the fantasy, the dream, the magic, or the wonder. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So my initial is mostly positive. I have some really big negatives, but we'll talk about that later. Mostly positive. Um, Okay. So we've got one comment from Andrew. I haven't watched the video, but I'm watching it after work anyway. I expected spoilers. Okay. So... Uh, we'll, we'll run with a little bit of the spoilers. I, I wanted to touch on just a couple of things that we'll jump into it. Bob Chapik talked first and he talked about the Disney company making a million dollar donation to make a wish, just a great organization. Our company works with them, um, had the opportunity not to toot my own horn because it's nothing that I did, but just happened to been able to fly families down to Disney world and Disneyland. And that's just a, if you're looking for a good charity to support, that's a great one. So with the, the name of the wish on the ship, and I think that's a good charity for them to get behind. Cause I know that they already, Disney already does a lot with them. And then, uh, Josh tomorrow got on and he talked also, he wanted to give a nod to the resilience and the optimism of the crew for the past year that have been out there sailing, keeping the ships going. So, you know, as, as it starts going again, I know that all of us are very appreciative and that's, I think that's a big reason why we go back to Disney cruise line is just because of those crew members. And so, um, I thought that was a good nod to them to kind of thank them for what they've been, been going through. Not, not to mention all the cast members throughout the Disney company, but specifically since we're talking about that. Okay, let's jump into it. The Wish is going to be sailing the summer of 2022. Uh, we'll talk about the bookings first. And they started with the pool deck. But do you want to start with the pool deck, guys, or the lobby? Any thoughts? Uh, let's follow their order. Okay, let's, let's, start start with with the, let's start with the lobby. All right, so they they started off in the lobby. We've got... We got uh, um, well, I can't even say her name now. Jeez. What was Cinderella? 
Yes. <laughs> no, the the cruise director. Holy oh, God. it was uh, Ashley. 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 So Ashley starts off. She gets some help from uh, Fairy Godmother and uh, Captain Minnie, and uh, they go through the lobby. Uh, Sam, what do you think about that? What were some of your thoughts about the lobby that they they talked about? It's beautiful. I mean, we know it's like three different levels with the the grand staircase is three is a multi-level, not just a two level. It's like a three level, which is, you know, new and different. There's a stage now in the uh, lobby atrium. What do they call it? The grand hall, I think is what they called it. Um, I, I loved it. I think it's, it's gorgeous. I love that. It's very, uh, you know, they keep using the word enchantment or enchanted. It's very, um, uh, enchanting, I would say. Um, yeah, it's really well done, really beautiful, really tasteful. That's the thing I love about Disney cruise line in general is it's not, it doesn't look like they just like threw up Mickey all over the place. Right. It's just very tastefully, and beautifully done. And so I'm looking forward to walking into the atrium and having them announce our family. Maybe I'll have them announce the DCL duo next time. So, Remarketing. Anybody else's thoughts on the, the lobby there? Uh, I'll go. I, um, the lobby for a long time has been a de facto entertainment space. And I think that they just decided to own that this time. And so by adding a stage and adding the Juliet balcony, you know, they're going to do their like kiss goodnight thing from that Juliet balcony and the stage. No longer are they going to have to use the grand staircase as like a de facto, you know, yeah. 27 step stage, uh, which I think is good because the amount of times you could actually walk up the grand staircase to get anywhere on the ship is almost never because it's always roped off for a show or something. So I think they're they're actually using the space smartly. And something that not a lot of people have talked about is that the curvature and like the sort of like not boxy shape that they are now making the Grand Hall has a ton to do with sight lines. <laughs> now you'll be able to see the stage in a way that's almost like tiered and there won't be people blocking your view the way that it does on the older ship. So I think they're owning it as an entertainment venue on top of making it really beautiful. And something I really love is the wishing star on the chandelier. So I feel pretty. like... I feel like that's just uh, it. I mean, if I were a kid and I could wish on that thing, I would make so many wishes and be so excited about it. And so I love that that the namesake of the ship is being acknowledged in the chandelier and in a way like that, I think is really cool. Yeah, I I, I would also call out they transitioned. I don't want to get into the specifics of the kids club, but they clearly transitioned from the grand hall to the kids club with that slide. And to your point early on, Chris, about kind of reimagining from bow to stern the ship, they have moved the kids. It is clear they have moved the kids club <laughs> down several decks, which I think is a great opportunity to open up some prime real estate on those on those middle decks. Uh, mm-hmm. It does feel a little bit like we're shoving the kids into the basement. Um, I but, don't know the difference. That's fine. <laughs> that's <laughs> the thing. That's yeah, the, that's I think it's absolutely. Who cares? It's yeah. not like but they had so windows cool. in the kids club before. That, <laughs> that slide has got to be cool. And I want to go down and as an adult. So I hope they all allow adults to go down. Yeah. Uh, Can't <laughs> do that during coronavirus. Um, so... We need all of this to go away so that the kids can use the slide. Um, yeah, so they do open up the kids' clubs on those like Panama Canal type cruises and for adults. the yes, for adults. Thank you, Chris. And the transatlantic. So until this cruise can do some longer sailings to these ships, 
or you know what I'm trying to say, until these ships can do longer sailings. I don't think we'll get to do that, but they do have the open house hours. So maybe adults can go down the slide during open house. That is weird. So they're going to have a checkpoint. Like, yeah, you can't clearly not going to just like, nobody's going to be there. And your kid just slides down a slide. (laughs) I suspect they'll have a check-in point either in the lobby or at least like you get down the slide and then, right something like that so yeah. i assume it'll be over to the side like how shore excursion desk is over to the side right so yeah. it'll be a similar type of concept where there'll be some over to the side it's clearly not going to be like right in the middle of the whole lobby they, also uh, they, they can use like mobile technology with magic bands now so they could just right. have a cast member holding like an ipad or something and the kids scan against that and that way there's not like permanent structures all around the slide obstructing people's view and you know they're going to close that gate on that slide during like busier times or times when they need the area well they need the green light you can proceed you can proceed. yeah so <laughs> and they always have the kids wash their hands when they come into the kids club so there's got to be like a whole compartment right off to the side where the kids are washing their hands in the coolest hand washing station that ever existed and then they shoot themselves down a slide so in the uh, travel agent thing, um, they talked about that, that there's there's actually a you'll be able to check in in the lobby there. So uh, without getting too deep into the weeds. So uh, I think the cool thing that I took away from the magic or the the lobby is some of the magic that they might be able to play with it with some of the shows. Like think about the very merry time cruises and also the Halloween on the high seas. And I just want to throw out somebody put out that on the Disney wish site now on Disney Cruise Line, if you scroll all the way down, you can look at the different decks. So they've put that out as well. Oh, cool. With, uh, I think it looks like I'm just kind of playing with it. You guys are talking. It's just, all they're putting up on it so far is just what they've talked about. So some of the, some of the secret things are still to come. So let's just go with the kids clubs. And you jump in that, um, that slide, you head down to the kids clubs, uh, Brian, what, do you think your son's going to be excited to be down there? And some of the things that they, they came up with. I, I think he will be, I think, I think our son will be excited as long as he can play video games in the kids club, to be perfectly honest. But I think that slide is going to be cool. I think with the hand-washing stations, I wonder if they could just throw some misters in the slide and just have everyone sanitize yeah, as no. they go down. Um, <laughs> for like a kitty, kitty car wash. Boom, you're, you're clean. Um, you know, I think I think that... So the build-your-own-Spider-Man outfit looks really cool. I am super disappointed I can't participate in the Imagineering Lab because that thing looks amazing. So I, they're, I will say that they're really going hard and heavy, and I'm not surprised, but hard and heavy on marvel uh in the kids club and on the ship and i'm not surprised by it disney plus is all about marvel right now the parks are all about marvel right now it's a huge ip so i'm not surprised but they are they are going hard and heavy on marvel the the kids club looks really cool with that that spider-man uh and imagineering adventure yeah i'm excited about the imagineering adventure i'm excited about the marvel stuff down there i think it's going to be amazing i actually i was watching on my phone this morning because i was trying to make breakfast at the same time uh you know those of us on the west coast this was an 8 a.m start um and so yeah i actually walked over to nathan and and we watched that portion when they were talking about the kids clubs together uh because i knew he would it would make him excited about getting on the wish and and frankly he's excited just to get back on any of the ships at this point so yeah looks really good uh to christy's point i'm going to be down there for open house hours for sure i mean it's it's not going to be open probably to to adults for for any any specific times other than open house hours at least at the beginning and and i'm i'm gonna head down there for sure 
Christy, you gave a thumbs down on Marvel, but well, come on. <laughs> There's very much no secret about my opinion on the whole Marvel, and I have. I guess I have to watch, or I don't even care about myself liking Marvel, but my son should probably be a little bit in tune with it before he cruises. So I guess we'll have to have him watch some Marvel, which he has not really watched any so far. Chris is fascinated over there. I like the Imagineering part of it. Sorry, I just found the deck plans. And that's <laughs> what I'm like, is this? Uh, I, I love the idea. They talked about the, uh, the aqua bands being able to, for the kids as they design that, as they go through and they design the, um, roller coaster, it's going to save on there so they can go back. So if they don't finish it, they could go back and continue where they started. And then those roller coasters, once they've designed them, they can go back and ride it over and over again. And they said that as the adults, you could go with your kids during that, those kids time and see what they've created. So I think that's, I think that's pretty cool. Listen, there is a lot of stuff in these deck plans. They didn't talk about. (laughs) <laughs> well, let's talk about that really quick. Well, yeah, it uh, it's standing out to me. I, Chris, I don't know if you're seeing this, but if I look at decks four, five, and six, I don't see, or like four, three, four, and five, I guess. Uh, I, I guess maybe deck three is still there, but I'm not seeing like all of the adult venues kind of clustered together. Yeah, there's a lot of like more magic coming. But for example, yeah. they did not say that the Buena Vista Theater was going to be on this ship. And when you look at deck four, there are now two theaters. One is called the Neverland Cinema and one is called the Wonderland Cinema. They never mentioned that in the presentation. And that means that they, in theory, could show now two different films all throughout the day uh, in smaller theaters. And the reason why I love that is because the Buena Vista Theater never was full. Like that thing was only full for premieres at sea. And even for premieres at sea, they like to put that in the Walt Disney Theater. So it's like, those two smaller theaters now can show a lot more fun movies and a lot more options. So that's something that they didn't mention that's down here. Also, yeah, you Luna. You guys can have your Marvel theater that plays all your Marvel movies, and I can have my happy little, you know, other movies. Yeah. And Luna's yeah. Luna's down. That's like a theater district now. It's like the, the Walt Disney Theater, the movie theaters, and then Luna, which they build as kind of a venue that will change kind of throughout Luna's the like the new D lounge. So, yeah. so yeah, what they described in the travel agent port question and answer was that it was a family space for day and night and that it will change as the time goes on. One of our listeners was asking about that as well. So let's, let's finish up with the kids clubs. They all they really talked about was the ocean clubs for kids three to 12. They didn't touch on the, other than to say that the vibe and the edge are coming back. So stand by on, on what they do with that. So let's stay with the kids. Let's go back up to the pool deck. And I know that Chris has been a long time proponent of getting a dark ride on this ship. Did we it get happened. one? It literally happened. Not what I had thought would happen. So I can't take full credit for it, but it did happen. <laughs> um, So I don't know. There's a thing that probably most people have not done, which is a raft ride at um, Typhoon Lagoon. And it was the first water ride where Disneyland added a storyline with an animatronic. Um, And the storyline is that uh, Mary Oceaneer, who is the namesake of the Oceaneer Club, by the way, Uh, got shipwrecked on an island and they added this animatronic parrot. But my point is, it's very similar. There'll be a a rubber belt that you do on the lift hill that is controlled speed. 
So it basically takes you up the lift hill and on either side of you will be uh, scenes from a Mickey and Minnie cartoon. And then there'll definitely be a show scene inside of one of the funnels. And then the rest of the ride is basically like a normal aqueduct um, where you just go back down to the pool deck. Interestingly, it looks like the ride no longer loads in a funnel. It loads at deck level and you do a lift hill which is cool. And it's no longer called the Aqueduct. It's called Aqua Mickey? Aqua Mouse? Aqua Mouse. Um, so, so yeah, I'm super excited. It's a dark ride. It's a water ride. It's not exactly what I wanted, but it's something that none of the other ships will have. And it's certainly a departure from the Aqueduct. It's going to be 760 feet. It's over a two minute experience. And there is a minimum height requirement of 42 inches. Darn. Brian, do you have any <laughs> thoughts on it? I just think it looks cool. Um, you know, I like that they did a redesign of the pool decks. I like that we're getting a new water. I'm going to call it a water coaster because that's what it kind of looks like to me. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I like that it's something new. Um, I like that it's an, it's a new layout and I'm excited to see more, you know, in more detail of what it's going to look like. <laughs> Yeah, it'll get me to go on a water slide <laughs> on a Disney cruise. <laughs> also, because I'm going to have to try this. According to these deck plans, Disney Vacation Club has a permanent location on the ship that's like the size of the Luna Lounge. It's like <laughs> wow. a very large space. Huh. So <laughs> these may not be too scale. Yeah, they might not be. They might not be too accurate in terms of size. But I'm just like. Oh, Luna's multi-story. Oh, That's interesting. Yeah, Luna's Luna's not looking quite like a D lounge. It's looking more like a maybe a, a cross theater. between a theater and a D lounge because it says it's yeah. a sprawling two deck high performance space, home to musical performances, comedy acts, game shows, and more. So I wonder I if that's like where the, they'll do like bingo and some other. Well, um, the tube, the stuff they do in the tube today. Yeah, I think they might, could do. might move to someplace because like, yeah, what I'm noticing is the hyper. The hyperspace lounge is off the atrium, which there's a bar off the atrium today, right? But not like a full-on skyline off the atrium, right? Which is what I think the hyperspace lounge is kind of emulating. It's like skyline. And then right. your you're potentially your adult entertainment venue is Luna at night. And it kind of it feels like they're kind of spreading that experience now out of like this kind of like go to the back of the ship and stay there. <laughs> I mean, it might be um Luna might be the adult only area, but it also, I think though they said the words family space for day and night. So no, that's, I, I think it'll still transition. Think that'll it'll still transition. be deloungey, like yeah. where they do because they do those things in the evening that still families can do, like the family karaoke and the family all the things I don't usually do, but all the <laughs> stuff that they have. So I feel like all of that's going to be there. Oh yeah, that could be there. Yeah. It could be. I, I agree. I think it looks like it's a replacement for D Lounge, but it's a more theater type of setup. I am surprised that that hyperspace lounge. Um, this must be killing Steve because we're bouncing all over. <laughs> Somehow we're back on deck three when we're supposed to be talking about the pool deck. But I am surprised. Then no, no, I'm going to finish my sentence. Um, I am surprised that they have that lounge like off deck three. I feel like that would have been one like the Sky Lounge to put off to well, the Well, but they said that during the day it's oh, for kids. Oh, it's for families. So, yes, yeah, yes, so they're yes, going to yes. offer the drinks that they have in Olga's Cantina, like that mm -hmm. style, I'm sure, yeah. so that, that kids can experience Star Wars and adults. Um, Steve, to help us go back to the pool deck, I will say, 
and Christy and uh, Brian and Sam, I don't know if your son likes the pool. Um, we have actually, Seth and I have never been even a toe in the main pool on any Disney ship because oh, it's yeah. always kid soup. Yeah. Um, and so we'll just go to the adult area to swim. But I don't know if you noticed, I counted six pools that are all yeah. small and small. tiered and not one big pool. And I do think that could, in theory, help with the uh, kid soup situation because it's like mm-hmm. you have to choose one pool or, you know, you're not going to be in one big pool, but you'll choose one of the six. And they're across what looks like at least two decks, maybe even like tiered across two decks. So that's a new change. Very different. Uh, and while we're on the topic of pools, who wants to talk about the adult pool? Oh, it looks fabulous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought it looked that the infinity pool off the what was it the front of the ship that they showed? I think was where the adult was the front the adult pool in the front the of the back. The back. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, that looks amazing. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. So yeah, no, we have, good. Sorry. We we have a couple of comments that I wanted to point to. Laura says it looks like there are more pools, but they don't look that big. And then Andy is saying concierge gets their own private sun deck and pool on deck 13. So that's something else. I, I didn't actually notice that, um, that concierge is going to have their own pool. But yeah, having more pools is better. Our sun doesn't go in Definitely. the regular pool, but will go in sort of the, the waiting, the really um, shallow pool. So, but to Chris's point, I, we avoid kid soup like the plague. So, <laughs> yeah, one of those pools was literally like over my head. So <laughs> I am short, I realize, but literally there was the two pools, one that was at my ankle or one that the water like came up to my face. And so how you're trying to corral your kid while you're moving, because he was younger when I took him into that pool and you know i have to like tread water or hold on to the edge it wasn't it wasn't ideal so i'm hoping that they'll think through some of those things mm-hmm. how can many we, decks can from the are top? there Sorry, Chris. I, how I many decks are there on dream class i think oh. it's the same i think it's 13 15. well because the the deck plan goes up to 15 i wasn't sure if that means they've added i mean the oh. only thing you can do on the 15th deck is in one of the funnels so i don't know what that would be but i can't remember if the dream and fantasy have a 15th deck in the funnels or not yes i think so i think it's yeah. i think it's well there's a well, there's a there's that lounge working. space that we had a tn one time in the funnel on the fantasy and they, they used to have like a radio station thing and one of the fun- so there's there's been deck space in there yeah and the fake funnel but i don't know if it goes up to 15 or if it goes up to 14 it might be that this is one deck taller oh so, i have a deck plan so to finish up with the pools they also talked about uh pretty hold big on a second splash. before have- since they, everybody's asking this question so there is technically because i have my little deck plan there is technically a deck 14 that only is the outlook and the right. So this ship has technically one higher deck in the Outlook equivalent on the Wish. Okay, so what were you going to say? So the the Wish is one louder is what you're saying. It's just showing up. It's just showing up a little bit more than the others. (laughs) That's that's a very obscure movie reference. Somebody will get it. Um, Anyways, okay, so I digress. Not us. (laughs) Uh, The uh, Spinal Tap. Um, So... Turn it up to 11. <laughs> exactly. It's one louder, right? 15 instead of 14. All right. I know I'm pretty, pretty, I need, I need a new shtick. So they, they did talk about the splash pad that looked pretty cool with Toy Story characters for the younger kids as well. I love the fact that there's more pools that we, the 
the space that they have in the back. I've been on their Norwegian with the getaway and they had just like kind of a soaking pool back there. Kind of like with, the, like you guys are talking about with that infinity pool and it, with making that an adult space, I think is people are really getting, the adults are really going to like it. So let's move on to Chris's favorite thing. And I know Sam and Brian's entertainment. Uh, Walt Actually, Disney, Steve, Steve, you want to go hey, something Steve, else first? Well, hey, can we just, before we move off the pool deck, I want to point out the hero zone. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, really yeah. Fast. There's five different zones, so yeah. Yeah, I want to just point out the hero zone. We've talked about the water slide and the pools, but I, I reading the description online and hearing how they described it, this is sounding like an enclosed, multi-purpose space to me. That's replacing the bath. It can be used for basketball and other things, but they're talking about it as a sports court, playground, game floor, movie theater. Hero zone is a dynamic family recreation space offering all of this and more. Are you up to the challenge? So like. Oh, uh, like that movies like, that like under the stars. Gotten rid of the outdoor space and maybe converted it into something indoors. There's no photo of it, but the way they're described, I can't imagine doing a movie theater in an outdoor, windy. But they court, do it. Right? I mean, they they do that on some other lines where they show movies under the stars, and it's actually quite popular. So they really could, like, if you put sides up or whatever, they could actually probably make that be an outdoor space pretty easily, and people would love it if it worked out well. Yeah, I just I have a hard time imagining that with funnel vision as well, unless they're getting rid of funnel vision. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's up for grabs as to what deck parties and funnel vision look like. Although I can see a little screen up by the on deck 13. It looks oh, like yeah. they kind of put the funnel and vision it, in there. So anyway, and it says I, just, I think the hero zone so. is, is going to be an interesting thing to watch as to what they do with that, because it sounds like more multi-purpose today than what the sports court is. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Well, let's move on to entertainment. They came out with the musical that they're going to show. Anybody want to talk about that? Anybody excited? Uh, Go ahead, Sam. Boo. Okay, so... I'm glad we all agree. Yeah, I knew Chris and I would be on the same page on this too. Um, Why are we seeing Aladdin again? Again. And and why are they revamping it again? Because they already revamped it. We've seen two different versions of Aladdin on the ships, on the fantasy. So, because they revamped it just a couple of years ago. So I don't- a million things they can choose from. Yeah, I mean, I, I- Listen, I, I I don't think Aladdin is a, a bad show. It's a good show, but Beauty and the Beast is better. Frozen is better. I've heard, although I haven't seen Tangled, I've heard that's better. Um, and then they could have just, you know, pulled something else out of the vault and 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 done something new. I mean, I know we're gonna see some new stage shows, uh, some hopefully some original stuff and probably some, you know, variety type shows like they've done with Disney Dreams and um and you know that that vein where you have a bunch of different musical numbers and they string it together in some weird convoluted plot um, but which I, I will be honest those are not my favorites i i like it when they do uh beauty and the beast or frozen or something like that right. but anyway um i've heard like for example another one that's great that i've heard about and never seen twice charmed why not bring that back right like there's other stuff they could bring back if they didn't want to do something original that they haven't done in a few years but why are we seeing aladdin aladdin's still already on the fantasy come on here's my theory my theory is that they are really greatly limited in what they can do to update older ships and one thing that you can fairly easily do to update an older ship Mm. is to put a new show in it so, so Aladdin tests well on the fantasy. They take it off the fantasy, put it on the wish. Then when the wish is sailing and they're trying to entice people to go on the fantasy, they'll say an all new musical is coming to the fantasy. And then also let's not forget that the fantasy has frozen, which is on the wonder as well. So 
I don't think they're going to have the fantasy with two shows that you can see on other ships. So I think they'll cut Aladdin from fantasy, put it on to the wish and then put a new show on the fantasy where they can finally be like, look, come, come go on the fantasy. You get to do an all new show. It's a disappointing strategy because you want all new things on the, on the new ships. But if you really think about what sorts of things they can change on these older ships to make them more palatable or more desirable, it's like putting in new shows, maybe updating certain spaces, but it's really hard for them to update those spaces during a dry dock unless they do an extensive long dry dock. So that's my thought here. I just hate that thought. I hate it. <laughs> I really was hoping for Moana. Like hardcore hoping for a Moana stage show. Yeah. I think you're totally right, Chris. They do have two more shows to announce. So like I I would I I I'm kind of giving them a pass on Aladdin a little bit because they said we got two new all brand new shows. We're just not ready to talk about them today. So Yeah, but I don't nothing in that sentence to me or statement to me said it was going to be like a Moana on stage. Mm -hmm. It's going to be some I, Disney Dream. I'm wrong. Disney Dream or, you know, Mickey's. cute little story where something happens right. in the middle and at the end it all works out and we live happily ever after. Ooh, I bet they do something with all the princesses. Sure. You're right, though, Brian. They could get a lot of negative feedback. Just in going th- through my channels, I can tell that this is universally not a popular decision. So <laughs> they're probably over the next year going to hear from people who are like, what and hopefully they'll be like we told you there's two new shows moana and coco um (laughs) they're definitely not going to do that everybody but maybe they will give us one fully fledged story that belongs to a singular ip because that is uh you know aladdin has been done and done and done and done um in so many ways that it's just like can we can we move on please let's take mm-hmm. some risks so that's steve my thought and it sounds like a lot of other people's thoughts which is yeah we're getting bad, a lot of comments with agreeing with us on this there's a whole bunch of them yeah they, they talked about the theater itself being a forest i think that'll be kind of neat to see what kind mm-hmm. of magic they have yeah, to be beautiful. able to yeah to, to just to see you know what other kind of technology that they add to it to enhance the shows so they also talked about or we've got a couple comments about the kids clubs between three and 12 i think that's the same know, yeah I, I think somebody was saying three to ten but from what i remember you can always up if your kids uh old enough or mature enough they they do allow them to head up to the edge a little bit earlier so i think that 12 just captures it yeah the, um, the oceaneers club's always been three to 12 um okay. it's just 11 and 12 year olds could go to i believe it was 11 and 12 year olds could also go to edge but they had right. to choose which one they were going to go to at the beginning right. and then stick with it Right. Mm-hmm. All right. We talked about the grand hall. We talked about Luna adult experiences. So we'll, we'll turn into the adult dining, but let's talk about that hyperspace lounge first. Uh, at least Brian and I and Chris are excited about that. Sam. I'm excited too. Actually. I, um, I enjoy uh, galaxy's edge at both Disneyland and Disney world. And um, it's, I love Skyline, so I'm a little disappointed that there isn't something Skyline because this is clearly, I think we all acknowledge the, the replacement. replacement. <laughs> um, but, but I, we, am, but I'm happy about the, you know, there's going to be some kind of screen. It's going to change scenery. Um, I, I think it'll be cool. I, I'm, I'm excited to see how they do it um, on the ship. But I, yeah, the only disappointment is I love Skyline, and so I, I would have been. I would have been just as happy to have a new skyline or sort of an updated skyline. 
But we don't know for sure all of the other adult venues that are going to be there. So those have to be released. Those districts have to be released. And I I do think that in this area, Disney is going to not disappoint us. There will be some fantastic lounges. You know, I'm going to need my champagne bar to be there. And then there's the, you know, the, the space that does it, it has a name, but I don't even know what it is that we walk through that they have things um, like trivia sometimes in and stuff the like that. Carousel, so there's, like the carousel bar. And yeah. Oh, the central. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hub, so there'll the just be you. some different spaces like that, that I think will still satisfy. There's gotta be some other skyline type replacement because people are going to want like a nice drink that does not bubble when they're drinking it and a place to go to get that type of experience. Well, oh, yeah. that's, my, that's, my one, that's my one ask is don't just bring Oga's Cantina onto the ship because Oga's Cantina is not well liked in terms of its snack options and its drinks are weird, right? Like, like I would like to see some yeah. offerings on board that are just a little bit less, uh, what do you call Something it? Something classier. My, yeah. my actual guess is that this concept for the, for this bar exist in the star wars hotel um and that they're bringing that (laughs) essentially like they're not telling us that's what they're doing but you can get alcohol in that star wars hotel and the storyline behind the star wars hotel hotel is that they're you're basically on a super luxury yacht in in space and so this is like a really fancy bar from that so my guess is there, there, and no way would they want Oga's drinks in that bar. They would want to have something re envisioned. So I hope you're right, Brian, because you know, Oga's is not everyone wants a fuzzy tauntaun. <laughs> well, Andrew and Andy, who are commenting on Facebook, both are going to be, it sounds like about 24 hours a day in the Star Wars lounge. One is talking yeah. about DJ Rex at Hyperspace Lounge, and the other is saying they're, you're going to have to drag. Andy's saying we're going to have to drag um, him from that lounge, though. They they did mention also that it would be uh, family-friendly during the day, and then they, the yeah. kids would move out during the, the night. So you could bring your family there during the day to, if you've got a, younger kids that are Star Wars fans. So well, let's move to the adult dining. I'm going to let you run with this one, Brian. They've gave us three different op- or three new options, I guess, with adult Brian. Ah, adult dining. Well, I, I heard two. I'm not sure. So maybe if I miss one of them, let me know. But uh, I mean, I guess yeah, I mean the lounge, the lounge plus the two dining spaces. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. So they talked to us about the hyperspace lounge and they talked to us about the Beauty and the Beast bar that I assume is be kind of kind of what the Rose. Yeah. Kind of what um, Meridian, Meridian but is not today. between the two restaurants anymore. Right. Um, uh, but then we're going to have and I wanted to look at the deck plans because the photos made those spaces look kind of small. Um, but we're going to have Enchante and Palo, but Palo is now going to be a steakhouse, which I think is, I think is great. That fits. I mean, there's Italian steakhouses. So I think that that's an interesting concept to head toward. Again, I love differentiation. So I'd love to be able to get on the ship and have a different kind of meal but on the fantasy or the dream or the magic or the wonder <laughs> since it's on all four. Um, I also love them, uh, love to see them add a new adult dining option in Enchante, um, which is going to be Lumiere themed as, as far as I can tell. Um, I didn't get much into the menus or I don't think maybe Christy, you heard something in the, the after uh, questions and answers, but I don't know what the dining theme is going to be for Enchante, given that it's Enchante. I'm assuming French. French food. I, I think, think it's, it's French, French food, like Lumiere. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's going to be French leaning. Um, the spaces from the renderings look gorgeous. It's a three Michelin starred chef in charge of the restaurant, just as it is on the fantasy. So I think these are going to be amazing experiences. I will agree with Facebook <laughs> comments I've seen. Please don't take away the Palo brunch. Like uh, that, that, that is a, that is one thing I want to see on all the ships. I don't mind if they have some new offerings and some different food and things like that, but I think that brunch experience is, is, is awesome. I suspect these announcements are also tying back into some of the pricing adjustments that they have made and the menu adjustments that they've made uh, this past week. So in terms of offerings, but anyway, Enchante looks amazing. I can't wait to eat there. Can't wait to try out a new offering from Paolo. They both look just fantastic. Yeah, I love that they're also Beauty and the Beast themed. I think that's fun that the Rose, uh, you know, bar is going to be obviously Beauty and the Beast themed. And then you're going to move into Apollo, which is going to have Cogsworth, they said. And then you're going to move into Enchante, which is going to have Lumiere. So it's a really nice tie in for all three of those spaces, as opposed to the way it is now where you've got Meridian in the center that's just sort of classic old world sailing themed. And then you've got Paulo and Remy, you know, com- like separated and with two different themes. So I like that the, the tie in they're making there, it does look smaller though. I will say it does look smaller, at least from the renderings we saw. Well, so to that point, I think Disney is actually solving a problem from the dream and the fantasy, which is, uh, Paulo and Remy are not equally popular, but they are equally sized. Mm, and so, that's true. Um, you cannot make as much money off of Remy if it's not full. Um, and likewise, you could make more off of Palo if it is full, but there's no more space. So if you look at the floor plans or the deck plans, uh, Palo wraps, it goes from the side of the ship and wraps around to the back. And Ashante is just one side of the ship. So there is not the same size and then there's a gray space between them which i can guarantee you is a shared kitchen which means just like on the dream and fantasy there is no open kitchen in palo which disappoints me i love the open kitchen uh on the uh magic and wonder but uh i also have food allergies and for some reason that makes me feel more comfortable um (laughs) so that's like maybe just a me thing but yeah enchante i i envision it being just a smaller uh, Remy, basically, and Paolo being a larger Paolo. That makes sense. Well, let's move on. We're gonna leave. We're gonna leave the uh, dining, the rotational well, dining, to last. Oh, okay. And we'll move into the staterooms. I was pretty excited about the staterooms, um, they... the updating that they had, and just the the pictures. If you haven't seen them yet, go take a look at it. It's uh, I think they're going to be pretty amazing spaces. Uh, who wants to start off with the staterooms, Christy? You I start? will start. Okay. They are lovely. I love them. I love the color scheme. They lightened it up, and even they showed some of like the concierge renderings and even those are lightened up because you can have something be nice and not have that rich dark wood that for some reason means fancy. So <laughs> there are 1254 staterooms, 900 of them are connecting. There are new concierge staterooms and um, four Royal suites and two of them are two story. So, and the bathroom on that sh- in that cabin looked amazing. Um, there are seven concierge staterooms above the bridge. Those 
have got to have like quite the view. I just can't wait to see more about that. But then just the the standard right state rooms, there's a lot more balcony cabins, veranda cabins that they they mentioned and it just I love that if you have the pull down bunk, which so Brian and Sam, you have just one kid. I have just one kid. But, you know, we've got to put our kid in that bunk because they need the twinkly lights that are on the ceiling. So, like, I need the twinkly lights on the ceiling. So maybe we just have to lower that bunk so we can have twinkly lights. I mean, I feel like the big art piece that they put behind the bed is just whimsical as well. Not whimsical, but like, like fits the theme of the ship. I just love, love it. Oh, and as Chris texted during the the viewing, no more shower curtains. This Hello, is the biggest people. thing. The shower curtains. I hate. I love a good shower door. It's easier to clean. It's more sanitary. It's not touching your skin <laughs> while you're wet. I love and it. And it looks like there's still a tub so we can bathe our children. Yeah. And I liked that they made it look like less claustrophobic because those uh, split bathrooms for me, I was like attacked by walls. The sink area felt so small. I love that they made the sink larger. They seem to have made some great changes. And they also talked about how there's just um, like the designer, the, the head of that department came on to during the question and answer after she talked about how they just really wanted to think about the families and make more storage. So that there's more storage than even the fantasy, which has the fantasy and the dream have plenty of storage, at least the way I always look at it. I always find places and they've done that here as well. So I think the rooms look fabulous. Yeah. Have they said anything about stateroom size? I'm looking at some of the pictures online. I agree. They look fabulous, but there's a couple of photos that make the veranda staterooms look a little narrower. Uh, that literally could side. be, honestly, they could do that to try to fit in a couple extra rooms on each side of the ship. I think yeah. the, I will be the first to admit that I was wrong about what I predicted for the staterooms. I predicted that they would uh, do just iterative changes and keep the style that they kept on all the older ships because when they introduced the dream and the fantasy, the big marketing point was it's the same rooms that you and your family are used to just with smarter and more like comfortable choices. And so when you see these rooms, they do not look, they look modern. They look, um, you know, brighter and less sort of like warm and, and old timey to me, uh, which is a cool change. I think a brighter room helps, especially for those inside state rooms where you're yep. so like no light and it's just like a yellow toned wall just doesn't feel great. Um, I think I'm I'm so pleased with these changes because I, I had just written it off as like, they're just going to be the same rooms we're all used yeah. to. And they're not. I, 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 can, can, can I interject something quick before no. you guys go on? So I just Googled it. There's 1,250 rooms on the Fantasy. So 1,254 on the Wish. So my guess is they've got to be roughly the same size unless they are, yeah. they've taken some of the space up, Brian, for the adult areas or, or other... Or to enlarge areas. the concierge cabins. Well, well no, yeah, but there's true. also four more cabins and that's a bigger ship. So, yeah, you know, they too. are, so they, they are able to handle that. But so I was analyzing one of the pictures, the stateroom pictures that is on the website and mm -hmm. the couch seems really narrow. And remember this couch has to turn into a bed. So my guess is that the picture, the way that they've done it to frame it all in the screen is just making it not yeah. really show the true life size of yeah. things. Again, we could be wrong, but... Yeah. 
I want to. That's what I noticed. I didn't see like a, I didn't see like the little table in between the couch and the whatever the vanity area was, and I was like, is that because it's too narrow to put one in? Right. Yeah. Mm, there was one in one of the angles. Yeah. So yeah, they see, show yeah. that little tiny, which is kind of good because yeah, that other nice. table was clunky and in the way a lot that's of right. times. And Chris put his underwear in there, and so maybe it's better. I bet they watched that, and then because of that, <laughs> they said no more underwear storage. <laughs> we are getting rid of that. So I, I wanted to point out a couple of things. Um, yeah, let, let Sam have the space here. Yeah, so there's two things I noticed that nobody's talked about yet, which is uh, number one is theming. So in the pictures online, all we're seeing is Cinderella theming. But in the video that we saw, I detected some Rapunzel themed rooms as well. So with the, the you know, some pictures with the lanterns in them. So um, I, I don't know what other theming we might see or if it's just going to have if it's just going to be those sort of two categories, Cinderella versus Rapunzel. But who knows, we might see other theming as well in the room. So I, I liked that. But one other thing I noticed when looking at the the deck plans and looking at the rooms, if you click on the inside state rooms, there do not appear to be any magic portals, portholes. That's the word, not portals, portholes. So I don't know if that's uh, if that's going to be universal or those are just the, you know, because it, it looks like all the inside ones that they've posted are the same room posted just, you know, as on different decks. Um, but there might not be magic portholes on this ship. Uh, so that's, I think, to be determined. I wonder why they would do that. So because I've never heard, have you guys heard? I haven't heard that there's been any technical issues with the magic porthole. And it was actually... Maybe they didn't want people to to want to book the inside cabin because they're one of my clients was already messaging and saying it looked like there were less of them. Like she was concerned because it looked like there were less inside cabins. Um, so maybe, maybe because the inside cabins were booking up and obviously they're the less, the least expensive. So maybe they didn't want to entice people to want them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we get a couple comments. Uh, Jessica says, looks like there's a lot of plugs in the state room. So that's a good, good change for good. everybody with their electronics. And yeah, just look at the, I, I think they really look amazing. They've really updated the look, the, the bedding that they're using and everything else to look very classy, but with the artwork that they've put into it, it keeps that Disney theme. And I think people are really going to love these state rooms. And who would not want that two-story with the spiral staircase oh and those god. windows? Oh my gosh, was that like a tub looking out the window <laughs> too? Ridiculous. Oh my was, god! I can't imagine how expensive those rooms are going to be. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to have a joint episode with Chris from the Concierge Lounge. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea, actually. <laughs> unless, unless Chris from the Concierge has finally been priced out, because I mean, those look like the literally nicest rooms I've ever seen. Like yeah. that spiral staircase. Oh my what? God. Also, yeah. you're showering, but the one one wall of your shower is the ocean. What? <laughs> yeah, ridiculous, ridiculous. So That's so amazing. Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. Um, one of Anything our else? one of our listeners put on the on one of the comments, Christy, you need to stay in one of those rooms. And I said, sure, get me some more bookings. If I have enough money, I am happy because I am fully able to put practically all of my travel agent income right into travel. So I'm more than happy <laughs> to take one for the team 
and stay in that cabin. I just have to have the money to pay for it. Yeah. I think I like Chad's comment about Christy that you're talking about the poly storage. (laughs) 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 You you noticed that comment. (laughs) Any final thoughts about these staterooms, guys, before we turn into the controversy that is rotational dining or maybe not so controversial? Oh, no. I don't think it's, I don't think it's controversial. I mean, All right, Brian, you're, you're, you and Sam are, are foodies. So <laughs> what do you, what are your thoughts about the restaurants? So look, I'm excited again. Like I love that they're differentiating. I know it's going to land really poorly with people that there's not a restaurant on board called animators palette, but there is an experience on board. I, I suspect that it's the Marvel one that will be like, that's the substitute for animators palette. Then you've got the uh, frozen dining that looks like it's going to be the Tiana's place or Rapunzel's. And then you've got 1923 that is going to be what Royal Court is or the equivalent on board the other ships are. So I, I, what what impresses me is one, completely new restaurants. Again, love that. Two of them are going to have shows associated with them, which I think is a winning combination for Disney. And if you look at the renderings of these spaces... They are some of the most immersive spaces I've seen Disney do for dining. If I think about Royal Corp today, it's nice, but I don't I don't really feel the theming of it when I'm in it. It feels like kind of a nice restaurant, but it's not fantastic. Like 1923 looks like I'm eating at maybe like Carthay Circle or 1900 Park Fair. Like it looks like they've really taken the effort to like really theme out these spaces. The frozen restaurant, it looks like you won't even know you're on a ship. You're going to be like in an immersive Arendelle show, right? Like, so I think these are going to be great. I during the announce that they had to call out like, what's the food going to be like from Norway? (laughs) So that's, that was good to hear them kind of start to quell some concerns about, you know, is this going to get into some weird stuff, but I personally can't (laughs) wait to see it that it's three new restaurants. I just, I love that. So. Yeah. I hope they don't go too far. Um, I, not to yuck anyone's yum, but, um, I, I hope they don't go too far with the Nordic theming on the food. I don't think they will. Um, uh, I'm not a fan of the food at, what is that restaurant in Norway in Yeah, with the princesses. I don't, I, I like the princess experience, but I'm actually not a fan of the food there. So I, I'm kind of hoping that they, um, maybe just have a couple of like Nordic dishes on the menu and everything else is just your standard American or European fare. So that's what I'm hoping for. But yeah, I liked the, the new variety of theming. I like an interactive dining experience, which I think to Brian's point, I think we're going to see in Marvel and in the frozen or Arendelle themed restaurants. And so, um, and I like, uh, I like a little bit of old world Hollywood theming. So I think that's a fun replacement for sort of the princess theming that we get in, in Royal court and Royal palace. So one, one concern I have with the two of the restaurants now having shows there to me, well, a, I do feel like it, it alters the serving experience because they have to work and serve interchangeably with the meals, right? Like, then they're standing off or they have to wait or they have to do this because they're waiting for that. Um, It sometimes does make those meals longer. So for some families that might be complicated to have a longer meal. Like when my son was younger, I remember we like the animators palette time, we would have to sometimes leave because we couldn't um, watch the end because it was his bedtime and he would expire and needed to go to bed desperately, even with early dining. And so there's just things like that. Like the shows make the things take longer. It also, 
One of the things I love about cruising is that if multi-generational families or groups of people go on a cruise in the evening, they, they do their own thing during the day. And in the evening, they come together for dinner. And part of that is you want to talk to the people, uh, how was your day and all of these things. And if you're on a three night cruise or a four night cruise, and most of your nights are going to be shows, you're missing out on that opportunity potentially to have those like good, how was your day type, where a family coming together conversations. And so Disney ultimately typically knocks these things out of the park. So I might look at them questionably in the future. Like I wasn't sure how I felt about the Skyliner and now I think it's brilliant. So that's how it could turn out. But those are just some maybe negative thoughts. And well, we know how I feel about Marvel. So I don't know about staring at that every single time I cruise <laughs> the wish. Um, but what if you don't like talking to your family? You know, this is perfect. <laughs> well, and the thing, though, I liked about Animator's Palette is that some of the time they would like... Obviously, there was the show or whatever. But that they had in The Crush, which was interactive in interrupted everything but they also would do like the the images that would just change on the screen and it was quiet and you could still talk but your kids could still look at something and so you could do both you could engage or not engage but it wasn't interrupting your your dinner if you wanted you know what does that make sense what i'm trying to say yeah 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 uh chris what about your thoughts yeah i I guess part of me was like, I can't imagine a Disney ship without animators palette, but I am also loving everything new. So I don't really care. I'd like get rid of it, put something fun there. Uh, the Marvel thing is interesting because it's, it does seem like a locked theme. Like unless it's, unless the restaurant is full of digital screens that they can like pop in and out new, uh, you know, like on pirate night, when you go to animators palette, they throw up like pirate night logos on the digital screens and things like that. Um, I could see them trying to do that for Marvel, but it does feel like a very specific theme. Um, also a lot of people were worried about how could you do a show in a larger ship because, you know, already there's sightline issues on the dream and, or on the magic and the wonder with Tiana's and, uh, Rapunzel. But, they basically solved for that by putting a stage in the middle of the re- in the middle of the restaurant that's like uh, raised above all the tables, so you can see it from anywhere. Um, I also predict that they're going to hide special effects throughout the restaurant for the Frozen show, which will be fun. Um, you know, like Elsa doing ice magic, and you know, some sort of crescendo at the end um, where the restaurant will transform maybe, um, which I think is cool. Also, for people who are like, another Frozen thing, let me just remind you that Frozen 2 and Frozen are the top two animated films of all time. Like, the highest grossing animated IP of all time in spot number one and spot number two. So, yeah, maybe you're tired of it, but also there is no denying. And listen, I also happen to be a mega Frozen 2 fan. I think it's much better than Frozen 1. I think Frozen 2 is one of the best films ever made. I love it. So I will say that I'm a little biased here. But uh, in my book, the only thing that I would have been disappointed is if they put a Frozen show on the ship because we have enough of that. Um, But a Frozen restaurant, fine. 
And also, we have two more ships coming. We still could get our Cocoa restaurant, please. Um, and there are other options as well. So I feel good about that. And then the 1923 thing, replacing the Royal Palace vibe. Um, I'm fine with that. Like, what was the Royal Palace theme? Like, staunchy banquet hall? Cool. But this one, <laughs> this one, this one feels like it has personality. Uh, they've also had a ton of success with a 1923-themed entry to Disney's California Adventure. Um, people like the paying homage to Walt vibe that Disney has been doing so much over the past decade. So I think it's going to be a smash hit. And then one thing we haven't talked about is when they put walls up in these restaurants, uh, I actually like that for restaurants that there's no show because it makes it feel less like you're in a giant wedding venue and more like you are in a restaurant. <laughs> uh, and the art for the, for 1923 showed lots of dividers, divided spaces. So I think it will feel more like you're in a, an upscale restaurant, which I think is cool. Yeah, I like the feel of the 1923, just looking at the pictures. I think that's going to be, I, I know, our fam one of our family's favorite places to go to. I do wonder about Marvel, if they'll have more than one storyline. So they say it's an interactive experience. I'm home. Okay, thanks, bud. <laughs> um, they say it's an interactive experience as you're kind of eating. So I hope they have more than one storyline so that's not the same thing over and over again. Um, I think they'll have to. I mean, yeah. the way that Marvel is going on Disney Plus, it's all these new, like, they're going to be new shows, new characters, new evolutions yeah. of the multiverse. Like, they're just going to have to have the ability to adapt that restaurant. Yeah. Maybe one time you're helping uh, Black Panther or solve something, and the next time it's Captain America or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And I, I want, I want a Sam Wilson Captain America on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Can we get a WandaVision meal, please? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. TV dinners. TV dinners and WandaVision. Yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> and to your, to your point, when I know you guys have, you guys booked the Norway cruise, right? Yes. Yeah. So they had Norway themed food when we went on our Norway and it's a lot of fish. So I, I think it'll be, hard. I think it'll be hard for them to, to do that. Um, I think it'll, I think it'll transition back to what we all kind of know and expect on Disney cruise line. Eh, that's, that's my thoughts, I guess on it. I, I'm excited. Some different restaurants. So uh, how are you guys doing on time? Everybody. Well, you got to talk about booking. I can keep going. Well, you got to talk yeah. about booking, right? Yeah. Um, I guess the, so that's kind of the main gist of what they talked about in the presentation. And then Christy, you got to listen in on the travel agent stuff. They added a, a few more insights there. I think we've talked about some of them. The, the fact that there's two movie theaters, anything else that we missed, Christy? Um, mostly we just filled it in like how long the, the aqua mouse was and yeah. Um, you know, things like that. So yeah, also, I think we filled in. We we slightly mentioned this, but all the dining options are basically being moved to deck three or above. There's nothing now in the lower deck uh for food. Is, thank um, God. Yeah. That was um, insane. <laughs> totally fine with that. Um, but the uh 1923 is the restaurant off the lobby or Royal Hall Palace, um, whatever we're calling <laughs> the, Grand the, Hall. the Grand Hall. Grand Hall. <laughs> um, so yeah, 1923 is there. And then uh, the deck, the two decks above it also have restaurants. So uh, just saying like, that's nice because now you get to look out windows <laughs> on deck four and deck five, instead of, you know, deck two where you're like trapped in a room um, and, you know, maybe a little claustrophobic. Uh, so I think they're being really smart about this. Kids don't notice that they're on deck two or deck five. Uh, adults do. <laughs> right, so, exactly. Uh, so it's helpful to make these changes. And having 
one set of elevators that takes you down to dinner when there are so many people that are mobility challenged that have to get down there. And then also the people whose staterooms were down there. That was, you know, that was a bit of a movement problem, if you ask me, about the fantasy and the dream. They did mention that they're, they will have fireworks at sea on the wish. Yes. Those will continue and that there will be a gourmet cafe in the adult area in the back of the after the ship. So uh, some different food options there, I guess, for, for oh. back there. And the children's splash pad. I don't. Did we talk about that? Yeah. yeah the yeah. Toy Story. Yeah. OK. I must have gotten distracted at that moment. I apologize. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure because that was huge. So. That looked really good. And they have like another little child's, not little child's, but child slide so that the children can run up and down the slide 75 times. Like, ooh, like the Mickey slide on the fantasy and the dream. Yeah. And it's yellow still. Oh, Um, perfect. Our son is obsessed with that slide. Yes. So that was there. So that's exciting. Christy, I know know we're going to move into booking, but did they did they highlight the fact that there's a gap in the schedule? They did. The travel agents. They did not. They did so not discuss that. that. I'm assuming that that's going to be the industry cruise then. So that they are going to do the true inaugural is going to be the inaugural. And then they're going to do the industry cruise where they bring on the marketing people or like, you know, the New York Times who always writes articles with crabby titles, yet somehow they get invited to stuff. And then, you know, the people like that, the people they invite and then go back to the regular scheduled programming of three and four night cruises. So let's let's, let's turn to the booking then and and kind of walk through that for everybody. Uh, There was one last question. What is the cabana's concept for the ship? They didn't discuss cabanas at all. Yeah, we don't know. They didn't. Uh, Go ahead, Christy. And that concept may be frankly in flux given the current situation. (laughs) Well, I I think buffet dining is going to return on cruise ships, right? So it's too cost effective for all the cruise lines. So in the beginning, they're going to have to serve people. And I don't even know if that's still going to be occurring next June. But when cruising restarts, people are being served. Like right now, cruising is occurring over in Asia and Europe, and people are just being served. So Maybe that's not a bad thing because we've all walked by the person in the buffet line who's fully licking their fingers while they're scooping the handles of food all the way down. So, um, all right. But June 9th, 2022 is the inaugural five night uh, Castaway Key in Nassau. They didn't mention that it was a double dip, but... Aren't we all thinking they missed an opportunity there for a five night? But maybe, oh, yeah. you know, I guess they wanted to leave people on the ship. So that makes sense. You have more time on the ship. Um, it was funny. They were like talking about the ports and being so excited about NASA. We're like, who's that excited about NASA? We get that we have to go somewhere. But right. Um, let's be I honest. Feel, I feel like for the maiden, a lot of people are just going to stay on board the whole time. Even they I might think not even for the get maiden off the season. Right. Yeah. I think the whole maiden season, nobody's getting off in Nassau, at least. Yeah. Not not these regular cruisers. So um, <laughs> the rest of the sailings are all three and four night. And that is what they did when they brought out the dream class. So that's customary for them because obviously they can have those little bit of higher prices for the cabins and people don't notice because, you know, it's a three and four night. So it's better than what they can do. Plus, they can get more people on than the seven night. So uh, the thing that's so painful is the category or how they opened up booking. 
So booking opens for the general public May 27th. And for the, then they broke up. So typically that Monday, so the 27th is a Thursday, that Monday they would have opened to platinum and then they would have gone to gold. Then they would have gone to silver and then the general public. Well, this time they have made the platinum level four levels and people who've been on 25 cruises and above are the first level and they're booking the previous Monday, Monday, the 17th. And then we have 20 and below platinum books on May 18th. What they should have divided up, frankly, is the silver castaway club because any travel agent or anybody who's tried to book somebody on a silver castaway club level it's like chaos. The website never works. You know, there's all those problems that I think that's way worse than any problems I've ever had on the platinum booking. So yeah, but I think they're predicting that the whole summer will sell out yes. with just platinum. So they don't even need to worry about the silvers. That that could be. Um, and then there was some fine print that I believe we talked about briefly. And then Anthony um, sent some more notes on that the inaugural sailing is going to be non-refundable. Deposits are due of 20% the day. So no three-day holds on your inaugural sailing deposits. And they are non-refundable, non-transferable the day you book them. So you are committing, which is good, right? Like this is how Disney is going to stop this three-day hold that brings everybody's price up. And then those people don't book or the refundable deposits. So you book, right? Because who you have to book while you think about whether you're going to cruise. In this case, it's not going to work. You have to pay by the end of that day. So yes, you could in theory still hold your spot for a couple of hours, but you still have to book that day. So um, I think those are interesting facts, but everybody's got to start thinking about what they want to do and getting their list into their travel agent. Obviously, the thing to think about is hurricane seasons officially this entire time that the wish is sailing. But as we get into August and September, it does become a little bit more of an actual issue versus earlier in the season. So that's something to consider as well. But as you get into the later season, in theory, the price will drop slightly. Yeah. Have, have they said, I didn't, I didn't read this, the fine print, given the amount of future cruise credits floating around out there, have they said whether you can use a future cruise credit to book the wish? You know, they didn't. And or is it, we, past, or is it past the expiration date? Oh, them? no, because it goes until September now. Mm-hmm. So people can move it up through September now of 2022. Um, who, Anthony, are you still on? Have you read that fine print, um, about future cruise credits? Has anybody seen that yet? And interesting. So during this travel agent thing, they were like, you can send in questions. And another travel agent and I were actually messaging going, we don't see anywhere you could send any question whatsoever on the screen. So maybe they opened up some questions to people ahead of time or certain people got to have questions, but I definitely didn't. And my other friend didn't get any questions either, but um, it is interesting that none of that was adju- ad- addressed during that time. Yeah. But Disney will send something. Willie's you know? saying in here, he said, we believe the fine print said you could not use a future yeah. cruise credit on the wish. It, it wouldn't make sense. Why would they ever? They're right. going to have zero issues, at least initially, selling this cruise out 
why would they ever offer such a benefit or a bonus to somebody? I can't imagine. Hey, Sarah's asking about gold level. Is it with the general public? The answer, Sarah, is no. It is. It's going to go from a platinum 25, platinum 20, platinum 15, and then, you know, then platinum, then gold, right? Then BBC, then silver. Gold is Monday the 24th. So we skip a few days. So the last platinum category is May 20th, which is a Thursday. And then we skip a couple of days and then we start again with gold on Monday and then Disney vacation club and uh, ABD past ABD insiders is on Tuesday. Then silver is on Wednesday. They just did not want to move silver from Wednesday. And then the general public is, Oh, usually. Yeah, no, that's the same general public is Thursday, May 27th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I agree with, uh, I forget who made the comment, but I, I, <laughs> I think these first, this inaugural season, it, it'll be like that Hawaii cruise where we went on as like gold <laughs> castaway club and we could get, we could like snag an inside stateroom and then it was gone before we could book it. I mean, it was it like, there was no way to get on that cruise until you hit like a pay in full date. Although here pay in full is basically when you're booking. So, so uh, I mean, it's not quite, but I, I just and- think it's going to sell out to platinum. I think it's going to, this inaugural season is going to go to the platinum cruisers, uh, maybe some gold. And then beyond that, you're in, you're in real trouble if you want to get on this ship. That's my prediction. So, But did they say it's sold out or that you had, it's non-refundable for the entire, I think it's just the maiden voyage. Yeah, so the rest of them, I assume regular cancellation fees apply. Yeah, this that's just true. says June 9th. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I, I predict one, this is them testing out some new tiers in their castaway club. I'm just saying. <laughs> like, I think they've been thinking about that for a while. Uh, because I, I I think the platinum cruisers who've like cruised, there's cruisers out there who've cruised 100 cruises with Disney Cruise Line and 70 cruises. So I, I am I am fully expecting that we will see some changes to the Castaway Club in the, in the future, and I, this might be a kind of a way for them to figure out where those lines get drawn a little bit for new tiers. But um, the other thing is, I feel a twinge of pain for the people who really rushed over the last well, not this past year, but in years past to get to platinum status so they could book on the wish uh, because they thought they'd be on all equal footing and now they are far from (laughs) equal footing. So yeah. Yeah. Willie's asking, do we think a fourth day platinum will have a chance at the maiden? Uh, Willie, I'm going to say my prediction is probably no, not for the mate, not for the mate, the initial maiden, but for the, it depends on the, price <laughs> yeah well that's true it depends on the price to christie's well and but, some percentage of um, those rooms are taken up with with uh with like i don't know what the percentages but they're taken yeah. up with dignitaries and vips and stuff yeah. like i don't know though that's why i think the three days occurring after i i don't know how many of that first maiden they're gonna hold back that they would allow especially over a five night that they yeah. would allow non-rev cabins to go forward when I'm they sure could they- sell I'm sure they have some people at least on that first, but yeah, to Willie, I, I think, up and, yeah. yeah, Willie, I think you'll be able to book something in the inaugural season, but I don't think you're going to get to book that maiden. And, uh, frankly, there's, most of us are not. <laughs> yeah. There's just no way to know. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, Willie gave some uh, some comments also. If people uh, people who are I don't know if people are seeing this through our Facebook feed or or the DCL podcast Facebook feed or on YouTube, but um, there's some restrictions that are particular to the maiden, um, and so if you are trying to book the maiden, you want to look at those restrictions yeah, real carefully. If you're thinking about leveraging the loophole of a friend who's a platinum books for you and then you swap out right before the cruise, that's not happening because <laughs> they have to stay on the reservation the entire time. So uh, they're they're being very restrictive on this booking the maiden voyage, which is not surprising. It's a once in a lifetime kind of opportunity. So, yeah, they should be. Yep. Steve, um, you're on mute. Steve, you're on mute. <laughs> Sorry. Um, one of the things they point out, they, they put this out there for every release anyways, is make sure that you go on and verify your Castaway Club status and make sure it's accurate prior to the booking uh, windows opening. So, Yeah. And um, to know if you are using a travel agent, which obviously it's always helpful to help out a small business, but make sure they have your Castaway Club number, your date of birth, into your legal name the way that it is in Disney because all of that information is always needed when we go online to make your booking for you. Well, I guess as we kind of finish up here, this is super fun, Brian. Thank you for coming up with this idea to kind of... Ooh, there goes something. Yeah. <laughs> is, a, is a ship taking off or a jet taking off in somebody's house? Um, yeah. Oh, Chris's house. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for coming up with the idea to kind of combine the shows today to talk about the Disney wish. I think uh, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, any final thoughts, I guess, from everybody about the wish, just what we've talked about today and who wants to go first? I just want to say that Steve's comment, funny, my Castaway Club membership says you ain't getting on the wish. Steve, uh, you know what? That's that's what my Castaway Club, Castaway Club membership says, too. So uh, we're, we're right here with you, Steve. I... Oh, no, I will. I will beg, borrow and steal to get on the ship. I will be on the wish. Like Mark my words. I will find a way to get on the wish. It may not be for the maiden voyage, but I will find a way to get on the wish. In the first three months you know, there's problems typically in the beginning. So you could use that to help yourself feel better about because usually <laughs> stuff doesn't quite go the way they want on those initial cruises. But um I cannot wait. I cannot wait to sail her. I did text my husband during it that we are no longer allowed to spend any money because all of it has to go to getting on the wish. <laughs> well, I guess any, uh, any final th or any final thoughts as we'll go around that was yours, Christy. Uh, how about you, Sam and Brian? I just, I've given mine. I'm good. Can't wait. Yeah. to get on board. Can't wait. Just can't wait. You guys. And I, I feel like if we can all get on together, that would make it even better. Chris? Yeah, I don't I don't like it. I don't want to get on the ship. I just think, you know, <laughs> it's not it's not like the old ships. They didn't they didn't honor the heritage of the ship. No, Chris, um, Chris is fired. <laughs> spoken like a true Disneyland fan. Uh no. The one no, thing I, I that this does make me curious about because I wasn't a DCL uh aficionado back when the dream and the fantasy were released. Um is how quickly did they announce the renovation of the magic uh, because, or the reimagining of the magic? Because I really do think this puts a dent in the other ship's appeal. I'm not saying that they won't have people sailing on them because it, you know, Disney Cruise Line has fewer ships than almost any other, you know, fleet. But 
I mean, it does make the magic and wonder look a little frumpy when you look at the like new bells and whistles of of the wish. And I'm not saying that there are not diehard magic and wonder people out there, but the wish just looks so modern and so cool. And they're finally offering new experiences that I could picture people being like, well, I'm not going to sell on the magic or the wonder. I'm going to save as much money as I can so that I can eventually get on the wish. And then Disney's sort of like cannibalizing their own industry or their own business. Historically, that's been every cruise line, right? Like when the Oasis class came out and then the quantum class for Royal Caribbean and celebrity, obviously, as we know, I'm in love with her, but they have their edge class, but they had their solstice and then the millennium class. And the thing is, is those ships all do very well, even still, because some people aren't interested in the new bells and whistles. There are definitely going to be other people who have no desire to go to a frozen or Marvel dinner during half of their three and four night cruise and that they have no desire to do three and four night cruises even. So they're going to wait until there's longer cruises. So there are definitely always going to be people that are going to go back. The beauty of it for us is it's going to make those cruises cheaper. Like the dream is now going to be less expensive. The fantasy Mm -hmm. is still going to be priced like insanity because it's the only seven night leaving out of Port Canaveral doing those cruises back, you know, the, their standard. And so for a while, at least until the next two of the class of ships get built, I think there's still going to be a space for those. And for the people that still love the other ships, they're just going to save money. Yeah. I mean, that's a good way to look at it. I just also hope they bring new experiences to those ships. Like, don't forget about them because, you know, they're, it's exciting when they do, it's exciting when they do updates to those ships. And I feel like now's as good a time as any when you haven't been able to sail for a year. Uh, I I wish that they would like bring all the ships back with that were secretly renovated during this time. And we just had no idea, but uh, I guarantee you that did not happen. So well, yeah. so they were, they were, they all have been in dry dock and the wonder is back <laughs> in, in some sort of maintenance in, in, in Mexico. Right. Isn't it? Uh, yeah. Somebody asked about it in Progresso. So like no one's been set foot on these things in a year and a half. So Lord only knows what's happened. <laughs> and so. their crew are always the most tight lipped that ever were. But if a Marvel restaurant shows up in every other ship, I am <laughs> revolting and just sticking with celebrity. <laughs> well, they more did more room they, for us, Christy. They, more room for us. They, <laughs> they did start off the uh, the presentation talking about those sailing on the staycations over in Europe would have opportunities to go to Wakanda and other places. So who knows what they've got up their sleeve for, for those ships when they come back? I know they're going to be oh. immaculate, that's for sure. So it'll be interesting to find out. Well, I guess as we close out with that, uh, once again, Brian, Sam, thank you so much for putting this together with us. It was a pleasure to get to talk to you. We love your podcast, huge fans of yours and, and whatnot and uh likewise th- likewise thanks yeah, to everybody we, we love having a chance to talk to you guys so thank you for having us on definitely and thanks to everybody who came and took a list <clears throat> everybody who was listening today sorry we didn't get to everybody's comments and questions i tried to hit up i think on most of them and uh i guess we will get out there check out the dcl uh Disney Cruise Line website, all the information is there. If you want to watch this video one more time, you can go to the Disney Parks blog and find out the information there. It's also on their YouTube channel. And I'm, I'm sure, Brian, you'll have it up with links. And everybody else will probably have links to it, too, too. So you'll be able to find it. But super excited to see this ship finally being revealed and, and so much more to come. So I guess as we get out of here tonight or today, thank you so much, everyone. Thanks, Brian, Sam, Christy, Chris. And we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.
Well, thanks everybody for sticking with us and listening to these fabulous wish announcements and the rebroadcast of our live show with the DCL podcast. They are a great supporter of our show and we are big fans of theirs. So if you haven't checked out their show before, for whatever reason, head over and check them out. It's a great podcast that Steve puts out with Christy and Chris each week. I know we're really excited to get on The Wish. I hope if any of you out there book The Wish and uh, manage to get onto the maiden voyage or an early voyage that you reach out to us and let us know because we would love, love, love to have you on the show to talk about The Wish and all of its fabulous venues. I know Sam and I are going to try and get on an early sailing, but it's going to be hard and it's going to be difficult to get on those early sailings. So uh, if we do make it on one, we'll be sure to share it with all of you out there. But if not, we'd love to hear from those of you who do get that opportunity. With that, we do still have some great five-star reviews of the podcast over on Apple Podcasts to read. For those of you who have not left us a review yet, head over to Apple Podcasts between now and May 15th and leave us a five-star written review. Not only will we read it on the air, but you'll also be entered in a drawing to win a magic band reader that we've put out so head over there leave us those five star reviews and you could hear your review on the air and get a chance to win a fun magic band reader and so with that i do want to read our five star review for the week this week's review comes from aj wade 88 who writes one of my favorite podcasts great content and very well produced it's become a top podcast for me well thank you aj wade short and to the point i love it we appreciate the feedback thanks for listening with that i do want to thank each and every one of you out there for listening this week please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the dcl duo each week please also head over to apple Podcasts, leave us those five-star reviews they're really helpful in surfacing our show to folks who might be looking for disney cruise line related content like ours if you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo you can also head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content, including the video rebroadcast of this uh, podcast episode if you'd like to see us live and in person with the folks from the DCL podcast. You can also head over to Patreon and join our Patreon page. We were on Discord this morning with our Patreons discussing all the great announcements coming out of Disney Live and getting uh, giving them our reactions. So join our Patreon and you can get some special access to us and, and some special content and also some DCL Duo swag. So yeah, head over to Patreon, take a look and help support the show and defray our costs. You can also join our DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Walt Disney Family of Theme Parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney Cruise or a Walt Disney Vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.